1: No purchase necessary. Void work prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to E-Ticket to Broadway, where Broadway meets Main Street. <laughs> Here's your host, my pal, David Alpert. Ha <laughs> ha! Hello, and thanks for joining me for this episode of E-Ticket to Broadway, the podcast where we ask the stars of Broadway the tough questions, like, do you prefer Sleeping Beauty in blue or pink? All of our wonderful E-Ticket guests share some incredible photos from their trips to the parks, so be sure you're following E-Ticket to Broadway on Instagram to see these wonderful scrapbooks. And while you're there, you can join in on the interactive games we have during the week. You can also visit www.eticketpodcast.com Where you can shop the magic. That's right, some really wonderful e-ticket to Broadway merchandise is available for you to enjoy. I personally have purchased four shirts already. Highly recommend. Now, I adore this episode's guest. She has been seen on Broadway in Title of Show, The Little Mermaid, The Adams Family, The Full Monty, and Something Rotten, and starred in the Disney Channel original musical Freaky Friday. Grab your corn dogs and lightsabers and get ready for the one and only Heidi Blickenstaff. Heidi, I'm so excited to talk Disney parks with you, as I know you are equally obsessed with them. Is that a safe thing to say that you love the Disney theme parks?
0: That is the safest thing to say ever, David. I would yes. agree.
1: Yes. We love them. We love them so much. So let's talk about it. Do you remember the first time you ever went to a Disney theme park?
0: Um, Yeah, I, I'm from California, Fresno, California. Go go Bulldogs. And um. Uh, I had godparents who lived in Los Angeles. um, And so we made trips to LA quite frequently when I was small. I have an an older brother, two years older, and the four of us would get in the station wagon and we would drive to LA and we would stop off at my godparents' house. We'd spend a couple days with them. And then, of course, we would always go to Disneyland. And um, I do... I do remember I was little, little, like probably, I don't know, four or five and uh, walked into the parks. And I remember being immediately overwhelmed. And I remember immediately like uh, being scared that I was going to be forced to ride the scary rides. And I think as far as we got, the scariest ride we rode that day was the Jungle Cruise. And this was back in the day. This was back in the day when you actually had tickets. And you had to give tickets, like a certain amount of tickets, to get on a ride. And I remember my dad would lord over those tickets.
1: Perhaps an e-ticket.
0: An e-ticket, David. Exactly. Yes.
1: Um, we yeah. Love those. And I
0: remember, I remember, like um, climbing the Swiss Family Robinson tree, and saying absolutely not to anything that was even a little faster than the than the little choo-choo train. I, w- I wouldn't ride Dumbo. I remember Dumbo was too intimidating. And what's funny is that I never, ever, ever rode Dumbo until fast forward to, and we'll get there, but fast forward to me doing the Festival of the Arts shows and and Disney hooks us up with VIP tours. And that was the, with a VIP guide, was the very first time I rode Dumbo.
1: Did you enjoy it?
0: I did enjoy it. The thing I enjoyed most about it was that we were there with our friends who have had a little one at the time who was like 4 or 5. And what was so enjoyable was watching the enjoyment he got out of it and looking at the line of people that we didn't have to wait in that line and I was like this is how this is how you do Disney.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What I'm saying in an elephant. <laughs> do you remember the first time you went on like Splash mountain or big thunder or space mountain a faster ride, or has that day yet? yeah
0: no no, no, oh, no, I do them all now i I will say i'm not uh I don't love like those killer killer roller coasters like at um you know six Flags that's not my jam my my stepson is always trying to get me to go on King Ka. And I don't know if it's if we're not allowed to talk about other theme parks, but I'm that's not those parks have never been my thing. I have always been a Disney girl through and through. I need that magic. Um, But I do remember I remember the parks before Big Thunder came into them. And when Big Thunder finally came in, I remember it was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, are we going to ride Big Thunder? And I don't think I had graduated to Space Mountain yet, even at that point. And then there was a particular trip where I did Space Mountain. And Big Thunder. And I was a big girl then. I was probably like, I don't know, nine or 10. It took me a minute. It took me a minute. I'm with you.
1: I remember my first time on those big ones. It was was a monumental moment in my childhood.
0: Yeah. There's something about, I I don't know if you like that feeling, that near-death feeling that so many people like when they go down. I hate it. It's not my thing. Do you like it?
1: What's funny is watching the Imagineering story, they talk about that on these rides. They want to like- you know, dangle the idea of death in front of you, which is like, that's a really (laughs) dark thing to say.
0: No, it's not very Disney of them.
1: But I will say like how they measured the drop of splash. It's like, just when I think, please let this be over, it's over.
0: Yeah, it's over. And I tell myself that too. Yeah, it's like just enough death defying feelings coming up that it ends as soon as you're like, please, I'd rather be dead than than keep living this moment. Um, and, and it's always fun, you know, because there's so much fantasy and so much story around it. And, and it's always so I don't know, every, everything that could like push you into that scary place always, always stops you before you want to barf. Yeah, that's what Six Flags is for.
1: Yeah. Well, except for Snow White's Scary Adventure, which truly I want to end the second I see that queen. I'm terrified.
0: You know, I I only just rode that ride for the first time, I think, three years ago when Gavin Lee and I did Festival of the Arts for the first time. Because those lines are always so long and we had a VIP guide and that's how you do it. I mean, first of all, I want to go on the record for saying having a VIP guide is uh, of course awesome and I'm also incredibly aware of how, what an unusual gift it is and it's one of the things I love so much about about working for Disney is that when when we do that job at Epcot um, they take such crazy good care of us and we just feel like Disney rock stars but I always feel incredibly guilty um, cutting the line. <laughs> and I, you know, I, I it's ter- You don't want to make eye contact with anyone. Cause everybody's looking at you going like, why are they cutting the line? What's going on? Why, how do I get in their party? But I just tried not make, making eye contact and getting on the ride. But I, but so I rode that ride for the, for the first time three years ago and it was quite enjoyable. I liked it very, very much. Well, you, you find that one scary?
1: You went on the Seven Dwarfs mine train.
0: Oh, and what am I thinking? What, what are you so, talking about? So-
1: the 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 dark ride Snow White, which used to be in Florida, they got rid of it, but at oh. California, and of course now in California, they're they're redoing it to make it less scary. But it's like the dark oh. ride version, where you know every other scene is the witch trying to get into your ride vehicle to like strangle oh, gross. you. Gross! I know. It's you know,
0: best. I think I even though. Disneyland is definitely my park for sure. Like, I think it is your park too. i just
1: raised the roof. Yes, I did. Yes,
0: because I, I grew up in those parts, in that park in particular. I don't know California Adventure like I know Disneyland. Um, but because the lines were always so long, there were certain ri- rides we never ever rode, including, I think, that one. And so I don't, I don't, and maybe I was also so little that my parents were like, you know, she's going to like pee her pants if we take yeah. to that ride. If
1: you were afraid of anything as a kid, they would have been like, I yeah. mean, it's literally scary is in the name.
0: <laughs> so wait, they're, they're keeping that ride, but they're making it less scary. That's what's happening. They,
1: they just announced recently. Yeah. Which I feel strongly about because Snow White, unlike the other princess movies, the Princess is not the engine of the movie. It's the queen's movie. The snow white right, just right, reacts right. to stuff. So if you take away that perspective, I'm not sure if it works. But what do I know? Right. I'm just a podcast host.
0: No, but you know what? I think that I think that those rides being scary are important for a kid's development. Not yes. not to like dive too deep into child psychology, but you know when you're someone that visits. Disneyland or Disney World on the regular and you're growing up, it's like, okay, well, this time I'm not gonna do Space Mountain, but next time I'm really gonna try to be a brave girl and do Space Mountain. And I remember I would set these like courage goals for myself. So I'm I'm a fan of like of of like kids wanting to achieve something. So don't make it too not scary. Make it just scary enough.
1: One of my favorite things when I worked on the Autopia was when a kid had finally made it to drive their own car and the excitement and the joy. And yes, there were days where I'd say like, you know, you're not quite tall enough. And I said, but try again. And
0: Yeah. That, that ride was never as much fun as I wanted it to be.
1: I would agree with you.
0: Yeah. And I'm sure working that ride was probably not as much fun. I don't know. I don't want to talk smack about your job, but like I, I remember, I remember waiting forever. That was one that we were like, no, we'll wait in that line and we are going to get into one of those cars. And it was never that fun.
1: It's very popular when I was hired, it was like attractions, I was like, oh, Indiana Jones, I hope. And there was like Tomorrowland. I was like, great. I hope Star Tours or Space Mountain. And then you're on the Autopia. And I was like, okay. Awesome. Great. great. Let's do this. You're going to
0: need a lot of, um, you're going to need a lot of sunscreen.
1: That is right. Yeah. Heidi, I want to talk traditions that you have in the park because one oh. you shared, uh I, I we actually have this in common because you said your dad's name is Dale and my yeah. uncle's name is Dale. So we would hey. always find Chip and Dale for photos.
0: How about that?
1: Did you yeah. remember when do you remember when you learned how to tell them apart?
0: Um I feel like I always knew because Chip has got the or Dale has the funky teeth, right?
1: Oh, I always learned that Chip has the chocolate chip nose.
0: Oh, that's how I see? remember
1: it. Look, you we're know learning together. I
0: don't. Yeah, Dale was always kind of more like dopey, right? He was a little more. He, he was. I know. Oh, he's my, my favorite. Not, oh, my I favorite. Love dopey too. oh, he's a good one. I don't. It's a little Sophie's choice. I don't know how you pick. Um. Uh. But yes, I would always look for Dale because um, I would just want to take a a pick with, I would settle for chip if that was all I could get, but they're usually together. Let's face they it. Are. They're together. And so I have lots of pictures of me throughout the years with, with Dale. And I, it, you know, if my dad wasn't with me, I would send him the picture and be like, miss. ya. Wish you were with us.
1: That's sweet. Did you yeah. ever tell Dale in the park that your father's name was Dale?
0: Of course, you end up talking to them and tell, I am, I completely buy into the magic when I'm taking a picture with a character and I get, I get a little starstruck and I talk to them and tell them stories of my life, whether they want to hear it or not. And I can only imagine once they are, um, not, uh, uh being Dale anymore, what they must tell their friends. Um, but I remember one, one particular crazy moment was when um, Cozy Zulsdorf and I were asked, Cozy and I did the Freaky Friday Disney Channel movie together. And um, uh, we were asked to be a part of this amazing, <laughs> just sort of couldn't believe it, this amazing parade uh, at Disneyland to celebrate all the new shows coming up on Disney Channel. And um, I think it was called Fan Fest. And um, we, we had a moment where we interacted with fans in, a, in, a, like, in one of the hotels, and that was really fun. And, and then we did a parade. I was on, it was called Stars and Cars, and Cozy and I were on the top of a double-decker bus thing, and our partner on the double-decker bus was Donald Duck. And I lost my mind like I was at a Celine Dion concert. Like I couldn't believe it. I was giddy like a like a little kid. And it's it's never lost time. It always works every single time. Whenever I see any of them, I'm like full full on like the magic is happening. For That's sure. That's right.
1: That's right. The last time I went, I I always call my mom when I'm about to turn the corner on Main Street to see the castle the first time. So yeah. I'm calling her and I said, "Okay, mom, I'm about to mi-, and I said, "Oh my gosh, I'll call you right back. I see Mickey." And I hung up on her. <laughs>
0: that's better. That's, that's really, really good. Yeah. I, I have done my solo show on the cruise ships many times. I'm very thankful for that. And they always, you know, you're on the cruise ship for the entire run of the cruise, which is a bonus vacation as well as getting to do your show. And um, so they have you do little other things here and there. They have you do meet and greets. And one time I did a, a Freaky Friday uh, viewing and um, did a Q&A with a good friend of mine from D23. Anyway, um, but they always have you take pictures with Mickey, and it's the same thing every single, and they have they have you take the picture by the big stack you know up on the Mickey Lido deck or wherever it is and um and it's always it's always so why is why is it so magical? Why does that exist for us, and mm-hmm. we just let ourselves go there and just be transported
1: because it's unconditional love from these characters, yeah. They always will love us. And there's something that when they get you at a young age, it just becomes part of your DNA. That, you know, every time I see Mickey, I always say the same thing, which is, Hi, Mickey, do you remember me? He (laughs) always nods his head.
0: And I was going to say, he always nods his head. Yes, doesn't he? Yes, he does.
1: Do you have other fun stories of meeting characters?
0: Um, I actually do. Uh, p- please hold on to your hat or your ears. Um, so when I was doing um, at one particular time when I was doing my solo show on the on the on one of the cruise ships, I was downstairs in the dressing room area, and I was like, I don't know, fifteen minutes from going on, and I had to pee and so i you know when you're downstairs in the bowels of that you know backstage area it's very easy it's very it's like a labyrinth it's very easy to get lost and so i'm kind of wandering around and the stage manager said yeah it's like right down the hall make a left and then a right and then another right and i was of course lost so i'm down in the bowels looking for the restroom and i have to pee bad and i run smack into snow white like Snow White, full on in costume. And I'm like, hi, hi, I'm about to do my show upstairs. Can you just point me in the right direction to the bathroom? And she says, oh, well, if you make a right, right there and turn right and then you'll find it. And she was full on Snow White. And I was like, no, no, it's okay. I'm Heidi. I'm, I'm doing my, I like wanted her to let her guard down because um, you know, we're I'm asking her where to pee yeah. and we're backstage and it's just us. And so I'm like, it's okay, you can drop it. It's totally fine. And she says, no, no, it's actually, I am Snow White. Please turn right. And I, that she would never break character. And I went and I peed sort of in shock because I was like, why, what, why? And I went back and I told my music director, Matt Castle, I just had this crazy interaction. And he was like, Right, they when they are in character, they stay in character, and they if they are in costume, they have to stay in character the entire time. And I was so impressed that even in that that moment where I it was just woman to woman needing to l- use the loo, Snow White was full out, and I was like, "Thank you, Snow White."
1: I love so that's, that story. That's
0: story. It's a good story. That is I don't want to nice get story. anybody in trouble. Well, she didn't. She she no. stayed in character, of so. Course. Yes, which is amazing. I'm like, thank you, Disney magic, down in the bowels of the backstage theater in front of the bathroom. I'll take it.
1: Heidi, let's talk about Star Wars. You shared that you grew ah! up in the movies. Oh.
0: Yes. And- Yes. And you shared
1: with me some sweet sweet photos of meeting the characters including a very tender one with your brother and Chewbacca. Yeah. yeah. What was it like, you know, meeting these characters in the parks?
0: Yeah, it's surreal for sure. Um my my brother and I are children of the 70s and I I can say without exaggeration that we watched those movies in the theater. I mean, I over and over and over again, we were latchkey kids. And I remember my parents didn't get home until, you know, I don't know, five or six or whatever. And my brother, Matt and I, we we would take our $4 and go to festival cinemas and we would watch whatever Star Wars movie was playing over and over. Our parents would often pick us up at festival cinemas when they knew the movie was ending. And it was just like this, I don't know, it was like a... Uh, it was a safety net. It was fantasy. And more importantly, my brother and I kind of like were like cats and dogs and didn't really get along unless we were doing something involving Star Wars. So, and of course, now we're adults and we love each other and it's all good. He's in California and I'm in New York. So we don't see each other as often as we would like. But, um, we had this opportunity for him to come when I was doing Festival of the Arts with Gav. Um, my brother and his two kids came and they're teenagers. They came and we did the VIP tour and all of it. And um, experiencing all of those all of those characters with my brother, it it I, I I sent you one picture of my brother and I meeting Chewbacca, but there's literally there are like twenty of them, and the it looks almost like animation, and like how I'm laughing and blushing, and how my brother is talking to Chewbacca like he's a real friend. You know, I think that's that's part of it is that these characters, they feel so real. They feel um, you know, it's not. It, it does feel so real, but it connects you to your childhood in a way that is so pure. And, um, immediately, you know, there I was again with my brother at festival cinemas, watching whatever, all three of those movies over and over again. And now we were meeting Chewbacca and, um, it was, it was really precious, very, very precious. And also the fact that he's able to bring his family to come watch me do Festival of the Arts. So it's, it's so surreal. It's like, you know now i'm doing something that other people can watch and be like oh my gosh i saw you at epcot and when, when i was a kid and you know it's 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 amazing to have impact on kids i can't tell you how many people have said to me i saw you when i was 12 years old when you were playing ursula in the little mermaid and now they're older and they're like when i saw that i just knew i dot 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 and that's how i feel like with all of these characters at Disney, I'm like, oh my gosh, I loved you. And it inspired me to be creative and artistic. And, you know, it's, I don't know. I don't, I'm so glad Disney exists because I don't know what I would do without it in my life. It's such a large part of my life. Right. Is that ridiculous to say?
1: Not at all. No. It,
0: it makes me so happy, happy, safe place.
1: Well, it's even, you know, when we, I think of like the early voice actors, I mean, early in my time, like Jodie Benson and, you know, Leia yeah, yeah. and Susan Egan. And then as we know, like our Broadway peers are becoming these Disney voices. It's like, are they going to be that to us?
0: Yeah, I, I hope so.
1: Yeah. yeah. As a kid, did you have other favorite Disney movies? Because at the time, you know, Star Wars wasn't Disney.
0: Right, I know, um, for sure. I I remember the one that I loved the most. I was obsessed with Sleeping Beauty, and um, I I remember, you know, I watched them all whenever they came out. I would watch them over and over again. I had an uncle that owned a video store, and so he would give us like copies of of you know, you name it, and so we would be able to watch, you know, on our on our fancy VHS. Um, we would be able to. To watch everything, and um, and I I remember for some reason Sleeping Beauty really stuck out to me because the animation was so it seemed uh, like a departure from Snow White and Cinderella um, and Fantasia, which were which were miracles in and of themselves. But Snow White or Sleeping Beauty seemed to be more angular and a little more stylized, characterized. Like there just seemed to be, um, I don't know. It just seemed ornate and it didn't look like anything else to me. And I was obsessed with Maleficent, obsessed. And um, also she said a bad word and I was not allowed to say bad words when I was growing up. And um, she says, when she's turning into the dragon, she says, hell, hell. She says like, let the, let the powers of hell. Um, Ooh, I just kicked my mic because Maleficent is scaring me. Um, um, and I remember I was like, Oh my gosh, a Disney character cursed. I couldn't believe it. And my grandmother took me to see that movie in the theater for the first time. And she was very religious. And I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe my grandma took me to an animated movie where the witch character cusses. This is awesome. Um, and it was a little bit scary, but not too scary. Um, anyway, that was always, always my favorite. I, and I loved the Kings. Like it felt very, like the comedy, all of the stuff that they did. I'm sure that appealed to the young little comedian in me. You know, it was, that was always a favorite. Still is.
1: Do you prefer her in blue or pink?
0: Um, uh, that's a tough one. I think I'm such a tomboy. I think I'll always pick blue. I mean, she really can pull off anything. We we all know that.
1: She can. Um,
0: but I think if I had to pick, I guess I would pick blue, even though that's kind of Cinderella's color. Well, that's but what I'll, she was I'll pink in
1: parks. Yeah. I'm with you on Malif- Yes. Yeah. You love Maleficent, you love Sleeping Beauty. Do you have a favorite Disney character?
0: Um, I don't know. I I I get I I do love them all so much. I I think I'm kind of fickle because whatever whatever is the latest thing, I sort of get I I get obsessed with. We just watched Soul, and that was just I was so I will say I did not love Soul as much as I loved Inside Out, and I feel like they're of the same lane. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, Inside Out made me ugly cry. I mean, like it all came up for me. In Inside Out, and I we don't need to talk about it right now, but it was intense. Um, and I know people have had that same reaction to Soul. And even though I didn't have that reaction, I loved that um, that protagonist character. I loved it for a million different reasons. But um, I think one of the reasons why I loved him so much was because um, he doesn't he doesn't really look like a normal Disney protagonist. He just looks like a guy. And he's and I don't know. It was just so thoughtful, and um, I I I really I really that it was very meaningful to me that they that they spun a story around this regular guy um, who's older and and I don't know. I just thought it was really really great. I'm trying to think if there's anything that like sticks out to me. I was never one of those. I I because I was such a tomboy. I was never one of those girls. That was like I want to be Cinderella. I want to be Snow White. I think I was always drawn to villains, always. Okay. And you know, it sounds like I'm, I'm, you know, uh, pushing it, but I really did love Ursula a lot. Yeah. yeah, sure. She's she's quite something, isn't she? Because not only is she the greatest villain, but she's hilarious.
1: I want you to know that later on, I'm going to ask you a question that's already been scripted, and I'm very curious. Oh. Speaking of all these Disney characters, of course everyone yeah. listening loved you in Freaky Friday. If you could switch places with any Disney character for a day, which one would you choose?
0: Oh, that's good. Um oh gosh. I you know, I think maybe it, it, the, first of all you could pick any of them. It it's all it's like just you'd have the greatest day ever. Um just, just name it. But like how about how about Pocahontas? I, I'll I'll pick Pocahontas. She, you like her too?
1: Well, no. I was thinking about that photo of you chasing Miko in the park. Yes,
0: yes. And I guess we like that I, tracks. Yeah, yeah, totally. I I will say I am a sucker for the sidekicks. A thousand percent, like hardcore and um they make me laugh out loud i've always feel like they're the the best drawn that the, their character arcs are delicious um but yes i was obsessed okay i changed my answer to miko um that whole that whole scene is it percy is the dog's name percy percy is the dog yeah Oh my God, points for me. Okay, so that scene where Percy's in the bubble bath and Miko is eating all the cherries from the, and like you think he can't stuff anymore in his mouth and then he pops one more in his mouth. I love love a delicious sidekick, so I picked Miko.
1: Heidi, you are such an incredible performer, and I love that with Little Mermaid and Freaky Friday, you've been able to combine two of your loves. With Mermaid, do you have any fun stories of when you played Ursula on Broadway?
0: Oh, my gosh. Um, Well, I will say that that costume was bananas, and once you get in the costume, you can't be alone ever, and you also can't really sit. (laughs) And so you, you, um, (laughs) you, you either have an entourage of people whose job it is to take care of the costume, not really you, you're in charge of you, everyone else needs to take care of the costume and the tentacles and the wig, because you're, you are like a float at Disneyland. I mean, it's enormous, enormous. And, um, so that was always bananas getting in, getting rigged in because you, you you know, you get all painted and you get the wig on and you get the, you know, a certain amount of like body, body suit on. And then you put the fat, um, hips, you put the fat suit on and then you shimmy into this dress. And then once you're backstage, you, um, you have this, Saddle like this plastic saddle on your back that's um, rigged into the fat suit and that's where they click in the tentacles and the tentacles um, there are three different there were three different sets. Um, and one was sort of funny and looked like a bouncy tutu for, I want the good times back. One looked like a crazy spider web that you could kick over your head and like make it swoosh around for poor unfortunate souls. And then the very end for the curtain call, it was like a diva train like from Pose. It like, it was like Princess Diana train that looked like all the tentacles were flowing black behind you, but it was much longer and dramatic and you could whip it around and whip it around. And anyway, I had, of course, no, I had never played a character like that before. And, um, I was also in my, I think I was like 35 and, um, I did not have the balls yet to play that character. And I had to grow them quickly. And I had to sasha fierce myself into believing that I was, you know, bad enough in a good way to like earn all of that tentacle goodness. And um, I remember the very first night I replaced Sherry Renee Scott, and the very first night I went out. Um, I remember, I've never been more terrified in my life ever. I felt like, I felt like my heart was going to explode out of my chest, like something from Alien. And I literally was like, if I could wish myself anywhere else, <laughs> I remember like, please, please get me out of here. Please, How am I here? It felt like a nightmare because not only, not only um, was I about to take on this this crazy, crazy part. But I knew that the audience expectation was they, they everybody loves her so much. And I was like, I'm going to let them down. And and anyway, the spotlight hit me and those tentacles were like dangling around me and I grabbed one and I grabbed the other. And I was just like, we're going to fake it until we make it. And it was like I learned so much. Like it was like I I grew as an actor exponentially. Um, because I think anyone who plays a character like that, that is larger than life, that has to like, that spotlight hits you and you just own it that is not who I am as a human being. (laughs) I'm a little more, I'm a little, I don't know, a little shyer, a little more introverted. I know you you may not believe me, but truly like I'm one of those performers that is, you know, I'm a little more private, a little more, just not so ostentatious. And she is all that in a bag of chips. And so um, it was like my you know, my acting chops had to grow. It was like the Grinch, the heart getting bigger, bigger in a moment because I had to, because I didn't want to let her down. I didn't want to let the audience down. And so um, it was, you know, I think a lot of people assume that you, that wouldn't have been the role that would have taught me so much about being an actor, but it may be the role that taught me the most. Um, And also how to get over my fear and to like be scared but do it anyway, and so I know that's not a great answer to your question, but um, it was it was such an an ex- it was an exceptional learning experience, and by the end of it, I didn't want to let go, and I take her with me now everywhere I go because she made me so brave.
1: I want to point out that Disney, whether it's Space Mountain or Ursula, has gotten you over your fear.
0: See, it's, I know has done that for you. I, you're not joking. I think that that is a that is a real thing. That I, th- uh, you know, I, that is absolutely true. I love that. Yeah,
1: I I love seeing in your Disney scrapbook. Uh, a lot of your Broadway pals, like the title of Showboys and Julia Murney, Gavin yeah. Lee, all e-ticket guests. Why do you think there's such an overlap of loving and doing theater and loving the Disney parks?
0: Well, I mean, so many reasons. I I think that. One of the one of the magnets automatically is the music. I think that you know so many of the movies that we all grew up with, um, because the music just uh, gets in there and and tattoos on your brain. And for those of us that are these little musical theater weirdos, um, in in a lot of ways, it's the first time we associate music and uh, story and character and. You know, I'm sure that I was, I was singing, you know, someday my prince will come long before I was singing anything from Jesus Christ Superstar. So it's like the first, it's my first, uh, dabblings of my first musings of loving a musical. Um, but I I think too, there is a, there is a fantasy part of it that I know a lot of actors, long for in their lives, a, a part of us that longs to transform, uh, that wants to live in uh, n- not a real world, a world that is, you know, just s- something else. And Disney definitely provides that for us. It's So many of us are into it. (laughs) It's like,
1: you know, you grew up loving, you know, for me, it was the record players of these musicals. Then you see it on Broadway and it's real. And just like I watched the VHSs and the cassettes, you go to Disneyland and it's real. There's such a clear journey for all of us.
0: Well, and isn't that so much like when we see the characters and it feels so real? It's, it's, um, I don't know. There, there definitely is something magical. And in the jobs that we do being on Broadway, I know that you know, it, this, it sounds gross for me to say, but I know that people look at us like that. They listen to us on, on um, cast albums and then they see us in person and it's a little bit like, oh my gosh, you exist. And I, I know that's how I feel when I'm at Disney World or Disneyland and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's Miko. I'm going to chase yes. him down, whether he is available to <laughs> say hello to me or not. Hey, Miko, stop.
1: Next time, bring him some grapes.
0: Yes, exactly. Cherries. Yes.
1: Oh, cherries, excuse me. Cherries.
0: That's okay.
1: That's okay. Oh, Philly, we'll be right back. Oh, what's the big idea with these commercials? Oh, with this reversal.
0: Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind.
1: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
0: It's time for Fast Pass Answers. <laughs>
1: it's everyone's favorite. This is Fast Pass Answers. I'm going to put 30 seconds on the clock after I ask the first question. And you just want to answer as many as you can in 30 seconds. Are you ready?
0: Okay. Yes.
1: How are you looking, Steph? What is your favorite snack in the parks?
0: Uh, The the corn dog.
1: Name any Disney princess.
0: Uh, 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 Ariel.
1: Favorite country in Epcot.
0: Uh, Japan.
1: Name a song from The Little Mermaid. Part of Your World. Favorite Disney villain.
0: Uh, Ursula, duh.
1: Name another cast member from Something Rotten.
0: Brian Darcy James.
1: Name one of the Seven Dwarfs.
0: Sleepy and Dopey. Oh,
1: time, (laughs) okay, time. However, 100 bonus points.
0: (laughs) Yay. I'm
1: not sure why he wasn't the first choice, but that was exciting.
0: Oh, I know.
1: So corn dogs.
0: Yes, and they don't have them everywhere um Stephen crawford our vip guide like did somersaults to try to find me a freaking corn dog uh they're more readily available at disneyland than they are at disney world and you can only get I just them learned this. yes you, In you two go. places yes yes
1: stephanie styles that was one of her trivia questions for me where are the two places you can get a corn dog?
0: Yeah, and um it was it was very shocking to me because I am a corn dog person, and it is it's one of those things that when I'm in the parks, I have to prioritize it or my experience is just not the same. and so um so Stephen found me a corn dog in um, right outside of Thunder Mountain
1: mm-hmm. yep. You and Josh Strickland—you both love those corn dogs. Oh,
0: really, Josh? likes that. I didn't know that about Josh. That will—that will be good to um, kvetch about. Put on your thinking ears! It's trivia
1: time. Oh boy. Howdy, I know you're a fan of Galaxy's Edge, so your trivia question is based on that land in the Disney parks. Uh As you walk through the land, you'll hear an incredible soundtrack, including all new themes from Oscar-winning composer John Williams. Mm -hmm. Additionally, the galactic playlist you hear in Oga's Cantina features musicians and composers from all around the world who were commissioned by Walt Disney Imagineering to craft original music for the new land. Inside the cantina, there's a familiar face from another Star Wars-inspired Disney attraction. From what ride does this DJ come from?
0: That's amazing. I don't know the answer. I've never been in there because the line was too long and our VIP guide couldn't break that line. It's the one line he can't break. Have you been in there? I haven't been in there.
1: I have not. Same. Can't get in. <laughs>
0: can't get the blue milk. I mean, you can get the blue milk outside there, but I bet you can get it inside there too. I don't know the answer to this question and I'm I'm filled with shame.
1: It's okay. The Star Wars inspired Disney attraction is Star Tours. Oh, so Captain Rex Uh from Star Tours is now DJ Rex. He was formerly the Star Speeder 3000 pilot, and he's now the droid in charge of music at the local water. I love
0: that that he was he was able to transition careers. Um, He was, you know, Star Tours is one of those rides for me, and we can we can talk about it. Um, That ride activates my um, barf feelings and i oh, no. and i am not that ride is not my friend do you have do you, are you good with that ride
1: i'm great with star tours i'm terrible with tower of terror oh can't do it anymore
0: oh really cuz of a nausea reflex or is it too scary
1: um, I used to think I was screaming for fun. And then the last one was like, no, I'm actually just screaming. It's the anxiety of not knowing when the drops are. Oh, no,
0: that's what I'm saying. I am not into that. I might die feeling. I'm not into it. Yeah. And my stepson has been trying to get me on that ride. And I'm like, I did, I did ride it when he was much younger. And I was very, happy to write it with him. But now that I've done it, I'm like, I checked it off the list. I got nothing more to prove, but I haven't ride the Guardians of the Galaxy version.
1: Right. And so I- So that's when I went back on it.
0: Oh, good. And and you were still dying.
1: Yeah, because I retired Tower of Terror and then there was the overlay. I was like, okay, I need to see what they did. Yes. Maybe. I- and I was like, great, I did it and- Check. The end.
0: The end. We don't have Check. to do that again. Isn't it weird that you can like say to yourself, I, of course I'm not going to die. This, this nine-year-old next to me is having the time of his life. And if he can do it, I can do it. And yet you're mm. like, I get off of it and I'm like, that's it. Never again. I'm all set. I didn't like it. Don't make me do it again. I don't want to talk about it. Don't push me into it. I get upset. Um, but, I, but I do like the gift shop that I wait in for everyone. <laughs>
1: That's the answer. There it is. (laughs) Heidi, you shared so many incredible photos of your trips to the parks over the years with some very strong fashion choices, but always the Disney magic very evident in each photo. Yeah. One of my favorite show tunes of all time is "A Way Back to Then" mm-hmm. from *Title of Show*, which you so beautifully shared with audiences. Thank you. In this game, a way back to when I'm going to tell you some historically significant dates from Disney theme park history, and it will be your job to tell me what year it happened. And don't worry, I will give you two options. Okay. Are you ready to find your way back to then? Always. This may make you want the good times back. <laughs> You're funny. I try. So a way back to when number one, the OG theme park, Disneyland, opened in Anaheim, California in what year? 1955 or 1965?
0: 1955.
1: She is right. Ding, 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 ding. Correct answer. I used to create those sound effects, but now I actually add a little sound effect. (laughs) I might just just use yours. It's better. It's better. (laughs) I have like a fairy dust thing. Number two, for a way back to when, as part of Walt Disney World, Epcot has a world showcase where one can eat authentic cuisines and even see Heidi Blickenstaff singing on a stage. What year did Epcot officially open? 1975 or 1982?
0: That's interesting. Um, I had a shirt. That's so funny. I had a shirt that I thought it was um 1972. I'm gonna say
1: 1972. Well the options were 1975 <laughs> and 1982.
0: So. so um can I pick both? I'll pick 1975. Yeah. 1975 It was
1: 1982. Oh, it. Walt Disney World opened in 71. That's I think why. that's where the are thinking is yes. Yeah.
0: I had a shirt that was like 1971.
1: that's what it was and then- yep, yeah, totally. Number three, speaking of Walt Disney World, for the 25th anniversary, Cinderella Castle was transformed into a large, candy-topped castle. This bold choice was made for what year,
0: 1992
1: or 1996? I'll say 1996. That is right. It is 1996. Yay. New sound effects. We love it. Yeah. Did you see that castle? I
0: did not see that castle. That was just a guess.
1: It was a that was a bold choice, yes. that castle. It you Google that.
0: Okay, I'll Google it.
1: Number four for a way back to when the iconic partner statue at Disneyland is featured in the hub and its portrayal of Walt Disney and Mickey Mouse has been recreated around the world. When did the statue materialize at Disneyland in California? Nineteen seventy-three or nineteen
0: ninety-three? Oh wow. I mean, I'm inclined to think. Nineteen seventy-three, but maybe it took time for them. I'm gonna say nine I'm gonna say the later one, nineteen ninety-three?
1: You are right. <laughs> nineteen ninety three. And what I learned that earlier this year and I was shocked yeah. as well. Yeah, that's it's not that old. That's
0: very interesting.
1: Number five, for a way back to when. The Haunted Mansion is a classic attraction. And in what year did Hong Kong's version Mystic Manor open? Two thousand five or two
0: thousand thirteen? Oh uh uh I'm gonna say 2013, and no, it's 2005.
1: <laughs> you were right. I it was is right. 2013. Oh, good, good, You're good, totally good. Right.
0: I knew that that park opened later, and I saw that on um, the Imagineers. That was amazing. That docu series was yes. so great. Yes, and I think it. I, the
1: Imagineering story. Yes, so good.
0: yes, and I think. I, I think it's so cool how they were able to incorporate just uh, culturally very different things. And I thought that was beautiful. looks really cool. I would love to visit there someday.
1: Yeah, me too. Number six, another park at Walt Disney World in Florida features Star Tours, Fantasmic, and The Great Movie Ride. Rest in peace. In what year did the name change from Disney's MGM Studios to Disney's Hollywood Studios? 2008 or 2018?
0: 2008
1: team. <laughs> you were right. <2008. laughs> right.
0: David, I, I'm looking at your face. I know I know not everyone can see David's face, but I can right now. And I'm looking at him to help me cheat. And you have this great poker face. And so I was right the first time, but you are, you, you're so good that I thought I was wrong. I
1: no, you're always right. You're always <laughs> I'm gonna right. I'm going to tell
0: my husband that.
1: Yeah, do (laughs) that. Except for next time I ask you your favorite dwarf, immediately dopey. Dopey. Immediately.
0: Dopey. Okay.
1: Yeah. if I see you on the street, you can see how dopey. Yes, exactly. (laughs) The drawbridge of Sleeping Beauty's castle in California has only been lowered twice, on opening day in 1955, and then when the new Fantasyland was unveiled. In what year? 1983
0: or 1993? Oh. I'm going to say 1993.
1: Actually, oh,
0: see, it's important <laughs> yeah, when we get things wrong to be able to accept the losses as well as the wins, David.
1: That's right, and then we learn together like, wow, it hasn't been lowered since 1983.
0: That's crazy! That's crazy,
1: it's gonna happen again, yeah. Number eight, for Way Back to When, you're doing so well, back to Walt Disney World. You can go on the Jungle Cruise to see audio animatronic animals, or you can go to Animal Kingdom to see real, live, living, and breathing animals. Yes. What year did Animal Kingdom open? 1994 or 1998?
0: I'm going to say, oh, I graduated from college in 1994, and a a bunch of us drove down there and it was not open yet. So I'm going to say 98.
1: <laughs> that is right. It was 1998. That was really exciting. Um, I remember when I went and I was on the safari and I had to tell myself, David, those are real. Those truly are real. Yeah. Because in Disney, I was like, I they're probably not real. Yeah. but. Sure enough,
0: they are. And it's amazing. All that stuff is so, so beautiful to see. And they I I, watching all the docu docu docuseries about them. I feel like they take really good care of those animals. And yeah, yeah, it's a special treat when you get to do that.
1: We've got two more. Number nine. Belle and the Beast were thrilled to have their own Disney park open in their home country of France. Mm-hmm. What year did Euro Disney open, now called Disneyland Paris, of course, mm-hmm. 1992 or 2000?
0: Oh, um, I'm guessing, but I'm going to say, I feel like I was in college, 92.
1: You're right, 1992. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I went shortly thereafter and it's beautiful. Yeah. Have you been to any international park yet?
0: I have only been to, uh, is it Disney sea in Japan?
1: In Tokyo. Yeah. Tokyo. You're right. Tokyo yeah. Disney sea. Yeah. yeah. We
0: went on, I'm sure it was the hottest day of the year. And I think we rode two things because there were so many people. Um, but it was fascinating to see. That was a beautiful park. I was there on a tour of the full Monty and like six of us went and we had a really interesting day and I don't think they had corn dogs.
1: <laughs> You're right.
0: Okay. Why would they? Why would they?
1: Yeah, why would they? It's
0: okay, but I missed it.
1: Yeah. Okay, our final one for a way back to when. See it in your mind, and you will find in your imagination the thrilling nighttime spectacular that is phantasmic. Mm. In what year did the Rivers of America in Disneyland come to life with my very favorite show? 1985 or 1992? 92. It is ninety two. That was
0: quick. I was, I was, sh- I was pretty sure about yeah. that. That felt right.
1: Big year, big year for Disney. Yeah. Euro Disneyland opened. Disneyland Paris opened. I was. I started second grade. Yeah. Very exciting.
0: <laughs> I was a sophomore in college. Oh, David, you know, I keep outing. How we're, old?
1: We're I still am. young at heart. That's right. I didn't say anything. Didn't say anything. <laughs> well, congratulations! You have done so well on a way back to Win. I hope you enjoyed learning about Disney history, Thanks. and thank you for playing.
0: hear from some of you, huh?
1: Heidi, we put it on our Instagram page and all of your fans want to ask a lot of Disney questions for you, so here we go. Vessa would like to know if you had any favorite moments in The Little Mermaid.
0: Vessa, I had so many. Um, Before I um, played Ursula, I took over for Cher Renee Scott eventually, but before I, I played Ursula, I played... Carlotta. And I also, I played Carlotta in the second act. And in the first act, I was lots of different things, including I got to be in Under the Sea as a lionfish. You can Google that. And um, it was always my dream to dance like center stage on Broadway. And I got to do that. The one and only time I've ever gotten to be a big old dancer on Broadway was doing Under the Sea In the Little Mermaid, and I was wearing a turquoise leotard—no, unitard, unitard, unitard—and I had a big old lionfish on my head. And David, maybe I'll try to find that picture for you so that you can. I know
1: it's amazing. Please,
0: yeah, it's it's really good. And I, even though of course I loved playing Ursula and I loved playing Carlotta, there was something about dancing with a bunch of amazing Broadway dancers, which I am not, but I got put in that number and um, I got to pretend I was a an amazing dancing fish in under the sea. And that's, I'll take that memory with me forever and ever and ever.
1: It's an amazing memory. (laughs) Michael asks if you have a favorite memory from something rotten. And he wants to share that he met you backstage on his 14th birthday (laughs) as well.
0: Wait a minute, Michael. I know you're you're not like you can't answer back right now, but I think I I remember meeting you, and I it's crazy because a lot I, you end up meeting so many people when you're doing a Broadway show. But I have a memory of you. I have I I, I hope that I'm thinking about you right, but I, I bet that I am. Um, my one of my favorite memories from Something Rotten, I would have to say, though. I mean all of it is, was so great. That whole thing felt like a dream. I getting to do that amazing show with all of those amazing people. Um, but I, I would have to say right hand man singing right hand man every night. I think as a, as a kid, I dreamt about, um, you know, singing a solo in a spotlight on Broadway. And even though those pesky boys, I had John Cariani and and Brian Darcy James on, on stage with me. I love them. I will take them on stage with me any day of the week. Getting to sing a big, brassy, belty number in a spotlight and like, just, I don't know, it, there's nothing like it. it you, every night I would sing those big notes downstage and it it would like dawn on me where I was. I was like, you are on Broadway in a spotlight singing a solo in a Broadway show. You're in the original cast. And every night I couldn't believe it. Every night I was like, what? how did I get here? I felt like I was in a time machine and I was transported to that moment every night. And it was never, ever, ever lost on me how special that moment was and how fleeting those moments are because, you know, they don't last forever. It didn't last forever. Hopefully I'll have more moments like that. Maybe, maybe not though. And I'll just have to cherish, cherish my memories, but I will never, ever forget that. So thank you for reminding me of that.
1: Did you and Kate Reinders ever talk about Disney parks during your time together?
0: We did. I, I will say that Kate Reinders' commitment to Disney is other level. It's like she yes. is, she, I, I pale in comparison and I love Disney very much, but compared to Kate, I am, I am tragic in my commitment and um you know she's just she is so all over it and now it's so great because she has furthered her disney relationship and is in a right. musical now and i'm so happy for her but yes we did we did share that though she definitely was far more advanced
1: well you michael james scott kate all e ticket to broadway guests nice we love, we love a cast reunion those are all my pals Megan, who shares that she's a big fan of yours, asks, What is your favorite part of Festival of the Arts? And officially, Molly McDade asks, If you have any fun memories or stories from Festival of the Arts?
0: Aww, I love Festival of the Arts so much. Thanks for asking those questions, guys. Um, I will say, mm-hmm. I have Festival of, Festival of the Arts is where like Broadway meets pretending to be a rock star because you are it's so ridiculous because all of the fans are so gung-ho and you guys are all right there whereas when you're doing a broadway show the audience is a little further away it's not so interactive you're not playing yourself and at festival of the arts it's you guys are right there you're all singing along you're all like you know Hopefully, having a great time and and there's so much immediate feedback and it fe- it feels so um, I don't know like uh, we feed the audience, the audience feeds us. It's this really cool circle alive. Thank you, everyone. Um, but it's really it's a it's a really unusual moment when you get to be so interactive with the audience. And um, I, Gavin, and I truly. I mean, I'm so in love with Gavin Lee and he and I, I don't think we were ever going to be paired together because it's not, Gavin and I never knew each other before we did Festival of the Arts together. Even though I was a fan, I knew exactly who he was, of course, but I was, Gavin and I are kind of different. We're different kinds of artists and you wouldn't necessarily think, Oh, Gavin and Heidi, but Something happened in the lineup and Gavin and I ended up being partners and we are peanut butter and jelly. There was something about that combo that just worked so well and we get along so well. We're the same age, like everything was great. And I'm getting to my other favorite part of Festival of the Arts, which was interacting with the fans after the show. And um, people are so lovely. I think the crossover fans, meaning Disney Park fans that are also the Broadway fans, are a special kind of nerd. And I consider myself also a card-carrying member of that group. And um, th- it was just always so lovely interacting with people. And we would, we would stand there and talk through the fireworks. Like it was just, it was really, really nice um, being with people, talking with people. I know people traveled a long way to come and see us and that meant a lot to us. And it was always really great uh, connecting with people.
1: Similarly, Jess asks how you choose your set list for these concerts.
0: We have nothing to do with it, um, um, which is both true and not true. Um, uh, we, you know, the the intrepid folks at Disney Theatrical, uh, Disney on Broadway, they, everybody always takes such great care of us, and they are the ones that um, ultimately choose the set list. But they also were going to do the material that, Uh, Disney on Broadway fans or uh, Disney Channel fans might know us for. So, um, you know, you can always bet that if I'm up there, you're going to hear something from Mermaid and something from Freaky Friday. If Gavin's up there, you're certainly going to hear something from Mary Poppins. Um, You know, if Josh Strickland is up there, you're going to hear something from Tarzan. So we we always sing our our the shows that brought us to the party essentially um but then uh they uh the disney on broadway you know higher ups the wonderful creative people that that make all the the important decisions they're the ones that choose what else we sing and i remember the first year gavin and gavin and i sang um bop bop to the top to the top is that bop 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 to the top the the one from high school musical do you know that one david
1: I don't, oh, I don't.
0: David. How dare you?
1: Sorry. Uh, I don't tell it, Kate. No,
0: I won't. I won't. Um, it's from it's from the the OG high school musical. And Gavin right. and I like peed our pants memorizing the words because, you know, here were two people over 40 singing, you know, bop to the top. And like the lyrics are super fun. I think Sharpay and her brother sing this song at some point. <laughs> And, and Gavin and I were just, you know, I think at first we were like, how are we going to sell this? How are people going to buy us singing it? And by the end, I'm pretty sure it was our favorite song to sing. We had so much fun singing it and the high school musical fans, of course. They're so devoted and they love that song so much. Anyway, but um uh I always look forward to whatever they're going to pick for us. This past year I got to sing um, oh, uh if there's a, uh oh, da, da 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 from Hercules. Da, 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 yeah. da, da.
1: I want salmon love. Yes,
0: I love that song. It's great so, song. I'm great I'm song. really great at remembering the lyrics, but um, Gavin did all the backup girls and um wow. I got to do Meg and it was that was super fun to sing so I was like thank you for letting us sing from Hercules. Yes.
1: yes. Well, I think we all know the answer, but to confirm for Minnie Mouse Michaela, would you do Festival of the Arts at Disney again?
0: Um yes. Uh, that is a, a hearty fast absolutely no questions asked. Sign me up. I'll be there in the hottest second ever. Yes, Michaela.
1: Jackie asks, "Which Disney movie would you take to Broadway and star in?"
0: Oh, that's a good one. Um, you know, there. You know, I love playing a villain. Um, I do enjoy that. I, I and maybe it maybe it's what everyone expects, David. And maybe I should not play a villain next time and play like a sweet mom. Um, I don't know. I you know I there there are so many creative ways to bring so many different shows to Broadway. Do you know what song I would love to sing? And maybe they can, they can, I I won't be the star of this show. And I will also be an elephant. So someone's going to have to figure this out, but I'll be the mom in Dumbo and I'll sing
1: baby mine. Baby mine. Yes. That
0: song is maybe like the biggest heartbreaker song in the whole world ever.
1: I'm telling you the e-ticket to Broadway album of these broadway stars singing disney songs you can do baby mine if you'd like
0: baby mine close your eyes baby mine don't you cry i'll do that i'll do that
1: beautiful a great song everyone let me know when you finished wiping the tears away <laughs> from your eyes for our last question, which is very similar to what you just kind of said, both Carissa and Sydney would like to know if you could play another Disney villain on Broadway, who would it be?
0: Well, let's see. I mean, there are so many good ones. There's always a Cruella de Vil, which would be delicious. And I don't know how they would do those 101 Dalmatians, but that's for greater minds than mine. So I enjoy a Cruella. Um I also, I can see like Enchanted coming to Broadway and I could play Susan Sarandon. What was Susan Sarandon's name? I forgot. But you know who I'm talking about, everybody. You know. Um, yeah, I think, I think I'm, I'm good with that. I don't know what it is about me, yeah. David, but I feel comfortable in a villain's skin.
1: I mean, maybe Maleficent. Maybe
0: Maleficent. That's good. And then I can say hell on Broadway.
1: That's right, that's right.
0: (laughs) And my grandmother's (laughs) no longer with us, so, you know, she won't be appalled. But she's the one who took me to that movie in the first place.
1: It's time for some tough choices. Let's play Tweedledee or Tweedledum. Heidi, it's time for Tweedledee or Tweedledum. I'm going to tell you two options. Let me know which one you prefer. Here's the first one, Tweedledee or Tweedledum. Tower of Terror or Star Tours? Tower of Terror, if I have to. Yeah, I'll take Star Tours for you. Yeah. We're gonna work this out together. They both
0: make me farf, but I'll take I'll take Tower of Terror. Okay. okay.
1: Tweedledee or Tweedledum? It's a Small World or Pirates of the Caribbean?
0: Pirates, baby, pirates! Yes, and I will also say pirates at Disneyland over pirates at Disney World. Thank you.
1: Here it is. There, you, you heard it, everyone. Yes. Okay, this one: Tweedledee or Tweedledum? Maleficent or Ursula?
0: Oh my god! The, how how could you? This is like Sophie's choice. I know. How dare you oh i i mean how, i could never i could never pick anyone other than my ursula so ursula but sorry maleficent i i feel badly about it well <laughs> maybe there'll be another broadway show and i can play her in another broadway show and then it'll be a tie
1: that's right that's right treetle or treetledum rise of the resistance or hugging mickey in front of the castle
0: Hugging Mickey, I'm a big yeah. sap, and I loved, I loved Rise of the Resistance. I really did. That was an amazing ride. Um, but I don't know. I think I'll always, I'll always take, I'll always take a hug from Mickey over pretty yeah. much anything.
1: Good answer, good answer. Because Mickey's yeah. definitely listening to this. So <laughs> to oh,
0: it's all true. It's all true.
1: Final twiddle here, your dum. Right hand man, or I'm your man.
0: Wow.
1: That is say, amazing. You singing both of those songs, perfection. So good.
0: Aw, thank you. Um, Wow. That is, that's something else. I, oh, this again, Sophie's Choice. Um, For those of you that don't know I'm Your Man, it's from a musical I did several years ago called Meech on Doe in Washington, D.C. It is Amazing, and the character that I played, Ann Mitchell, is incredibly ballsy, and she's this intrepid reporter who kind of does some seedy things to get herself noticed as a reporter. And um, wow, that's crazy! I- I'm gonna. Oh, please, I-, I can't believe I'm gonna say this because I don't have to no answer.
1: Offense. Okay, I'll
0: no, I'll answer. I'm gonna say I'm I'm your man, and the reason is because. Um, that was another real growing point for me. I hadn't, I hadn't ever, um, I hadn't had that kind of confidence on stage yet as an actor. And I had to kind of fake it till I made it again. And that, that whole role made me a better actor. I grew a lot when I did that. And even though I think people are much more familiar with right-hand man, there would be no right-hand man without I'm your man. So, and if you haven't heard I'm Your Man, Google it because it's an awesome song by Andrew Gerla and Eddie Sugarman.
1: I agree with you. Oh, I mean, they're both great songs. Yeah. Right Hand Man ends on such a low note, and I'm Your Man ends with you belting to the heavens. Yes. So, I mean, just in that,
0: just because of that, that wins. Um, but I will say they both end with me slamming a door and not getting the applause. <laughs> That is totally true, and I couldn't believe it when I when Casey Nicola was blocking Right Hand Man because you know when I was doing I'm Your Man and Meet John Doe, I slammed the door and then there's all this applause and there I am off stage going I can't even like take a bath in it okay fine and then when I was doing Right Hand Man I slam the door and I'm not there to soak it up and the set moves and I'm like I'm glad a, ble- a set change is getting my applause I hope the set enjoys it. <laughs> but I was like I don't know maybe that's going to be my signature I slam doors yeah. and I don't get the applause so yeah. whoever's listening to this who's going to write me my next part see to it that my I want song has a door slam and the, the set change gets the applause <laughs> Perfect.
1: <laughs> Heidi what's the first thing you want to do the next time you go to the parks
0: Ah. Oh. Wow <laughs> there you know I have so many like so many crystallized things that I love doing at the parks so much that I can't even I mean I want to run to Space Mountain I want to run and get a turkey leg I want to go to the tiki room I do you hear my dog prancing in the background um, she wants to get a corn dog too um I I just think there are so many things that I love doing in the parks I think if I have to pick one I'm I'm running to Galaxy's Edge. I just like being there. It reminds me of home and my brother. And I don't know, there's just something that would be the first place I'd want to be transported. Such a beautiful part of the park. Both of them
1: both of them. Well, Heidi, this has been so lovely. Thank you for joining me and sharing your love of Star Wars and Sleeping Beauty, your experience in Mermaid, Snow White giving you directions on the cruise ship. Thank you so much. I'm so glad you could come on the podcast.
0: Oh, David, it was my pleasure. This was truly such a joy on a very overcast and I think about to snow kind of day in New York City. This was particularly sunny and wonderful.
1: Thanks so much for joining and we'll see you at the parks.
0: Hope so.